back to another episode, ladies and gentlemen. This is Revolve Podcast with your host, I'm Amir. This is Tui. And Argenis. Boom, and today we're going to talk about business. 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 How to handle your business. Are you handling your business? Can you handle your business? Are you minding your business? No, stop. Are you about to give somebody the business? No, stop. That's but, for, uh, off camera. <laughs> <laughs> All things business. So as you guys know, um, our Henny and Tui mm-hmm. own and operate Baird and Bristle, this lovely establishment from which we are recording. And they are barbers and co-owners here. And then me, myself, I am an independent contractor, choreographer, and dance instructor. And so we just want to give you guys some insight as to how... We do what we do. How it gets down. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to talk about also how we started. You know, you go from... The bottom that we're here. Oh! Hey! <laughs> you go from working for somebody else, you know, and, and going through that whole journey and experience. And then, you know, one day you just... You know, well, that's what people think, you know. And then one day you just wake up. You know what? <laughs> I don't want to do this no more. I want to do my own thing. <laughs> I mean, kind of happens like that, but it, not really. It did for just, me. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you, of course, yeah, you wake up and they don't happen that day. But then you got to mm. figure out what's going to happen, look into it, and then go from there, you know. But, um, I mean, I guess I'll talk about us, like me and Tui. I've, before being in Bristol, yeah, I've always worked for somebody else, never for myself. Mm. And... As a independent contractor and as a W two employee, I've worked for other people. You know, and as an independent contractor, you do have a little bit more. Well, that depends on how the company you're working for mm-hmm. and the type of job you're doing. But some industries, as an independent contractor, you they still treat you as, a, as an outsourced yeah. uh, contract of someone doing a job for them, just not really under the con- the mm-hmm. company. You're just getting a project done for them or something. Mm-hmm. And other people treat an independent contractor as an employee, just mm-hmm. that the way they pay you. Is as an independent contractor, but I've done and I've done both of those, and then of course a W two employee uh, thing. But for me, I went to school for business, and I've always wanted to have my own business since I could remember. Like my goal was always one day, one day <laughs> I have a dream. It was all a dream, you know. But I always dreamed about having my own business. In what I didn't know, I didn't know because when I was little, there was a time I wanted to be a cartoon artist. Then one time I wanted to be a veterinarian. Then I wanted to be a mechanic. I mean, it was so many things I was into, so many things I like, and I'm still into very various different industries and topics and mm. hobbies. I had to touch a little bit here and there, but I never knew what I wanted to do exactly in what industry, but I knew I wanted to have my own business and work for myself. I didn't know when that was going to happen. Mm. But I went to school, and, it's, and you know, when I moved to Texas, actually, in New York, you know, New York, staying fresh, barbershop, get a haircut, that's... That's you see that a barbershop on every corner, mm-hmm. so that's very common. Yeah, like a barbershop, a yeah. corner store, chicken store, a laundromat, Chinese store. Look, yeah, those are like the staples. Yeah, on and then every repeat. Block. Yep, yeah. all the way from like miles. Yep. So if you didn't like this one, you can just cross street, and you have you know what I mean, you're good to go. But you know, over there, you always got a haircut, and then every once in a while, you know, we had clippers at home, so I would play around with the clippers. I'll do my own lineup, edge up, shape up, however you want to call it, depending where you're from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you hear different things, but and and sometimes like my little brother, I would be like, "Hey, come here," and then you know, it's my little brother, so 
if you mess them up, it don't matter. Yeah, but uh, I, that's when we were little. When he got bigger, you know, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. But I did that, and then we moved to Texas. But I had my barber shop and my barber that I went to since I was like five years old over there. Mm-hmm. When I moved to Texas, I was sixteen, going on seventeen. Came out here, I saw the barbershops here, and I was like, eh, mm, sorry, I don't think so. <laughs> and then, uh, I, then I, I got even more clippers, and that's when I really started cutting my own hair. And, you know, I went simple. Number one, shape up. And I kept doing it and doing it and doing it, and I got better at it, and I had friends and family ask for it. Then I went to college, and then I started messing around with fades. Before that, I didn't mess around with fades. It was all, like, number one. I didn't mess around no shears, nothing. And straight razor, I started messing around with straight razors when I was like 11, 12. I cut myself a lot, but I started doing it because I always thought it was really cool. But then in college, I was going to school for business. I lived off campus, and, you know, there was no barbershop there. So then people mm-hmm. started looking for, you know, oh, hey, I need a haircut. So I was like, hmm, I can make some money from this. So I put in the boys' dorm room, I put a little sign, my number said $10 haircuts. And yeah, I started doing some haircuts and then I started that game more practice got better and better and better. And I was like, I was starting I was going to school for business. And I was like, man, this is I got to look into this 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 barbering thing. What it's like, what this and that mm-hmm. and go from there because there's some potential there. So I met and this is how I decided like barbering is what I want to get into mm-hmm. and want to have a barbershop. I met this guy that had owned one and I talked to him. He, he I hit him up and he said it was cool come by. And we had like a 30 minute conversation. He broke it down for me. He basically showed me how being a, just a barber alone, how there's, the, there's no limit to your potential of what you can make and the opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then and before that time, it wasn't even, this was a while back before it was even popular to be like under like a big brand of clippers or a product and be sponsored or an ambassador for that. Because mm-hmm. nowadays you can make money <clears throat> like that also as a barber. Mm-hmm. And then the other option was, being a barbershop owner and of course you had working at a barbershop school or opening a barbershop school so he broke all that down and i was like my eye just went wow mm-hmm. you know i like this a lot and it's actual but the potential of an actual good career is there you know and so many different avenues so many ways to accomplish that and so many different styles of establishments as well so that's what kind of led me into the barbershop thing so i did what i had to do to get my license and I, as soon as i got my license I quit my current job and went straight into a barbershop, actually in that gentleman's barbershop, the one that helped, that broke it down for me. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for a while, and then I ended up in Garden, Texas, in a barbershop where I met Tui. But all this time, again, I've been working for somebody else. And then that shop was cool. Got a, lot, a good experience there. Then slowly, me and Tui started getting cool, and then we worked at different space. She worked on all the way on the other side, and I worked on one side. And then eventually, I don't even remember how we ended up working by side by side. And then, then we really got cool and became good friends, got along. And then I'll stop the story there. So that let Tui then tell her story how she got to that point <laughs> and how the connection was made okay. and the superpowers were combined. Running away from you. <laughs> stop lying. Stop lying. The truth of this comes out right. <laughs> Uh, well, you know. Yeah, they put him next to me, and I was like, God damn. The first time I picked up Clippers was actually sometime in high school. My father, like, we were very poor um, growing up, but, and I'm one of five, so my dad would give me the Clippers, and he was like, you know what, you can cut your brother's hair, you know? And I would just cut my brother's hair, and I liked it. And there's, like, 
a couple weird things that I like. My dad used to play softball, and I always loved how the umpire would dust off home plate, which is on my bucket list of things to do. But you want to dust off home plate? Yes, I want to dust I mean, it off. Or you want to be an umpire the at Nah, not that. I oh. played softball. <laughs> Our team sucked in high school. I mean, you want to go to the baseball field right here? You can take it out today. I need somebody to make dust on it, and then I go. Oh, that's easy. But that type of satisfaction is the same thing that I get when I cut hair. Mm. So I was doing it on the side because my primary focus was to um, get a career somewhere in the healthcare industry. Mm. My dad and my mom were like, you know what, there's always going to be sick people. So there's job security if you just go in to be a nurse or a doctor or something like Mm. that. So that's what I was doing was following. I'm first generation in America, so I was following what my parents told me. And I was working in the healthcare industry for quite some time, even in New York, in different aspects. It was medical transcription and um, office manager for a physical therapy clinic, and then a little bit of insurance. And But when I was working at one, this company, it was an IME company, an independent medical evaluation company, mm-hmm. and that company ended up getting shut down. And there was like it happened abruptly we didn't even know it was gonna get shut down we came back from thanksgiving and it looked like we got robbed but anyway um one of my co-workers she was like you know what? i got to connect to work no in the hospital for you. yeah dude Some it was, i didn't said, know everybody have a great thanksgiving break and dude, the guy knew he was like we dude, i ain't never oh seen you again gosh i never i didn't know how to feel we all were at a state of shock that we didn't we couldn't cry we couldn't be angry because it was just like immediate now you have to survive Mm. but somebody had mentioned like oh i got the plug working at the hospital which is uh in the bronx called montefiore which has a notable was notably mentioned i think in the past year for work with the coronavirus good job monty Mm. but um she said yeah i went to work work at montefiore hospital and uh it's a union job and they had told me, well, you know, you're overqualified for the position we do have available, which was only, at that time, housekeeping. And since I had my family and my kids were young, I was like, I don't care what it is. I'm going to take it. So they gave me housekeeping. And they, you know, it was kind of tough. They threw me in the trenches thinking I think uh, I think their hopes were that I would quit. But mm. something about me that I'm, I learned to accept and now embrace is that I'm stubborn. I'm stubborn as shit. So... <laughs> I was working in a hospital. Break me. The fact that she is. We did not even feel like a test. Oh, yeah. That's growth right there. Hey, yeah. I told you, you gotta own it. (laughs) So, yeah, I was working in a hospital, and then, you know, I was working there to get into the union and probably go to school and have the union pay for me to be a nurse. But. Mm Things happened, life happened, and I ended up mm-hmm. moving down here to Texas. And when I got to here to Texas, I'd ask, like, well, where's the union jobs at? Like, union said, job. Girl, you better take yourself <laughs> back to the north. And I'm like, this you is... We don't got none of that out here. This, what are you talking about? That's exactly this what happened. Union. I was like, what? Union? I was like, there's no union jobs? You better there. unify your family and get your ass out of here. That's what it is. <laughs> I learned a lot. Those for the, it, was, it took two years for me to get you know used to Texas because of all the different changes and mm. and that one being more specific. But I was like, well, that woke me up because I was mm. like, well, you know what? And I've always been cutting hair on the side at the house, but 
people that I know. Now that we moved down here to Texas, and I know that everybody probably has a gun, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to cut hair on the side. <laughs> I'll just do it the right way. But when they told me that there were no union jobs down here, I was like, well, mm. well and it's a at-will state. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know what? Well, I'm going to go do something that I like to do. And that's actually cutting hair. I've always grown up a tomboy, so I always hung out with the guys, and I still do. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to just go into the barbershop because I love working in the barbershop. And it, it fits. It makes sense. I I quit my job, and then I went to school full-time. Um, barber and school. Barber school, yes. Yeah. And I would work full-time and at nighttime, and it was, it was a rough year. I did barber school in a year. I completed it. And then I ended up going to work at one barbershop, and that's actually where I met Henny. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I'm, in my whole career, I've never worked at any other barbershop. It was just the one. Mm-hmm. And, again, and so, like, aside from barbering school, you worked at only that other shop? Yeah, only the other shop. And that's where I met Henny. And at that time, I was uh, the manager there. Mm-hmm. So I was in charge of a lot of things, which I'm grateful for. Everything that I had in my past experiences with different jobs helped me to be a better barber, I believe, today. Because... The housekeeping and all that stuff in the in the hospital helped for this. Um, doing all the towels and all that stuff helped for this to mm. be an owner. So, I, once I changed my perspective on it, I was like, oh well, you know what? I was destined to be a barber. But yeah, I met Henny at the barber shop, and then usually I would do my homework about people, you know. <laughs> and you know, the now. East Coast uh, would kick in. Yeah, now I'm stuck. <laughs> But this, I don't know, this just happened. It just, and that's why I think a lot of things like, I'm, I believe in God. God works in mysterious ways. And I think that's what happened with, with us because things just worked out the way that it did. And it got to where it's at today. And I look back and I'm like, man, usually I would do this, this and that. And Mm -hmm. it probably wouldn't have made me be open to the opportunity, but. One was, thing led to another, and now we're here talking shit to one another. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and it's been like you're talking about now, like four years now. Yeah, like it went by quick, but yeah. it was you know, we we ended up working side by side, and then we always talked, and then sometimes she'll be busy, I'll be busy. Sometimes we'll get lunch together, and then I anything business related I like because that's what I I looked into business, I studied business, and that was my goal. Mm-hmm. I did not expect to open up a barbershop. I did not. I was not even thinking about it. I mean, I've always thought about it, but I've never thought like at that moment. You know, mm-hmm. that was back in 2016, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that I started at that shop. Actually, no, yeah, it was like around March 2016. I think mm-hmm. I started, and and you know, we I only said, knew each other for yeah, like a couple months. It wasn't even. It, I was there only for seven months. You were there for a year. Yeah. And, and so when I got there, you only you were there for like three months already. That's it. But we slowly got cool with each other, got good, became good friends, and always talking. And then, you know, we then there was a lot of stuff going on there that kind of like we were just getting pissed off with how things were being run, how things were being done, how they treated the barbers. And we were just like, you know what? You know, every time we hit I mean, the we were, every we day. We were making bank. We, you know, we did, we did our job, but that's, the, that's because we work. Because yeah. we, and that's just, that has to do with our, how, our character and how we do things. Because it didn't matter if it was not shop. We right. were going to work. Right. But yeah, I think uh, yeah. there's also like uh, the East Coast hustler mentality. Yeah. That's probably why I connected is, to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Because we had that, knowing that he came from, yeah. from New York, not to say anything about any other state, but 
with from my experience of living in New York for so long, mm-hmm. and then seeing that somebody else came yep. from there, I was like, okay, well, then and she's, she's seen all the, the too. she's seen all the Dominicans like, in the grocery stores. I was Dominican. I was like, hey, like, oh, he could cook the rice. Okay, okay. <laughs> she was like, hey, what's up, Bobby? And I was like, what's good, man? You know what I mean? So, and then we get good friends. But then mm-hmm. one day too, he comes to me, and you know. I can't remember if it was me or her, but somebody mentioned, yo, why don't we do our own shit? I think it was you. And. It was you. Because you know what? I then, never had the vision. But of Tui, and Tui, and Tui was, like, I could see her understand what I was saying, but then I, but then Tui's the type of person that sometimes she needs some days to think, to really, yeah, to really marinate. process, marinate, yeah. throw a little seasoning yeah. on it, and a then double. we ready to go. Yeah, That's go, yeah, yeah, double, yeah. straight up. <laughs> Tui, you don't do and, a quick season. You always be like, ah, overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then one day she it comes to me. It tastes better that way. And then, 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 I, I think it was only like two or three days. And during that time, we kept talking about it. But I can tell she was like really thinking about it. And then, um, then I she came to had me. A name. She came to me. So I guess when she was thinking about it, she came to me and she said, I just know Tui was mad hype. Tui did not. We, I, and, and don't get me wrong. I study business. That doesn't mean I know business. Mm-hmm. I study business. Yeah. I had an idea, and I've worked for other friends that had businesses, and I even ran their businesses. But that doesn't mean I had I knew everything about business. So, mm-hmm. but I can tell Tui comes from the medical industry, health industry. She don't know nothing about business. Yeah. I don't so know. I could then like a couple of days later, she comes back and she's mad hype, and she's like, "Yo, I got the name." <laughs> I got a name, I, I and this is it. And she was like, she don't know nothing else. She's no, I got a name, and it's good. Yeah. And I said, let me hear it. And, and she's it. like. Shh. Beard and bristle. <laughs> and I said, say that again. Beard and bristle. And then I said, men's grooming. Hey. And it was a wrap. You know, and, and that's it. It went from there. You know, and you then know. I was like, hey, you know what? I got that idea for the logo. Boom. We started messing with that, mocking it up, funny? and went from there. And you know what? It just kept going, kept going, kept going. And when we and yeah. and, and and before you go, you know, and, and after I think it was not even a month later after that conversation that we were covered looking to go. And then we found a spot, and we were ran nervous. We didn't even have money. We didn't even have the money for I, it. I we just kind of was like, we need to make. We're just gonna see if we can ease into it. And then we told the barbershop owners that we were gonna go, and we gave them two week notice. And they literally yes. said, "Nah, you're done right now." Because go. you never burn bridges. Exactly. That was important to us. Was boom, like, you know what? Boom. Let's go before I'm we leave. Let's give them. Uh, sufficient be notice. professional because be professional. then to give yeah. them enough time to find a replacement yeah because you know but they the we right literally went and spoke to them and they literally said nah you can go, you go. Right now. and we didn't expect that but guess what that just pressured us that just forced us right. you know what let's get this done and we literally got it done i think in like four days and we were ready to start working in a new spot mm-hmm. and again we just had the name and we were like okay let's do it we were gonna plan and build towards it and then we just have to figure out, okay, where are we going to get some money from? We need to get chairs. We need to get a station. We need to get all that stuff. And, you know, we need to get in contact with some of our clients. And then the shop even tried to cut our contact with clients. And they did. But when you do, when you get at your job, people look for you. And that's what happened. Clients came looking for us. And to this day, four years later, we still have clients from that shop that still come to us. And again, that has to do with not burning bridges. That has to do with being professional. It has to do do with just doing the right thing and and just, yeah, doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was how we ended up going into business, combining superpowers, and then beer and bristle, Mm -hmm. men's grooming came into existence. And you know how that name came? How Mm -hmm. I came up with the name? 
is and a lot of clients ask how would you guys come up with the name the name is dope it's because I learned quickly when I went into barber school mm-hmm. is that a lot of guys don't trust women mm-hmm. they don't they don't trust women and they don't want to come so then I felt that resistance like nobody would want to come sit in my chair they'd pick them they pick a guy first mm-hmm. and I was like you know what the thing about me is when when there's something that I want and I don't get it I get smart so I think that has a lot to do with business too, but yeah, I was like, okay, well, I'm a, I'm gonna figure out a way to trick somebody, and and that's where the East Coast comes in because you know, <laughs> if you can't get it one way, you're gonna figure your way out. That's why they say if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere, mm. and it, the same is true here. So I was like, okay, well, let me see, um, beard, I can make more money if I do a haircut and a beard. Well, let me let them know that I could do a beard, so then I put beard first because let them know. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't want the name to give off a, like a, you know, if they see it's a male or a female or whatever. I just wanted it to be neutral. So then I was like, okay, beards first. And one night I couldn't go to sleep. And I was like, you know what? Let me go on thesaurus.com. And I went on thesaurus.com and I put hair. And I seen bristle. And I was like, all right, two bees. Okay, <laughs> beard and bristle. But then I was like, that's what it's going to be, beard and bristle. And, you know. When I, when I, again, when we talked to Henny and he said men's grooming, I was like, ooh, I like the ring of that. Because then, you know, it sounds like, you know, we not the cuts with K or whatever. Not to say that that's wrong or bad. Or just another I know that shop. To, <laughs> no, just or just another barbershop. We know? just wanted it to, to portray a certain look and atmosphere. Exactly. And then we matched it with the, the ambience of the shop and everything. The vibe, everything. Right. Which but that's how it happened, man. a lot of Henny's taste. And that's everything. how it happened. Nah, you put a little bit, you put a little yeah, seasoning a in couple, there. A couple of screws. Yeah. She, she yeah. let it marinate. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and then how about, how about you, man? Well, I mean, my origin story is different than the Wonder Twins over here. Origin. I didn't get two rings and put no, no, but I think uh, similar to their plight in terms of like having that hustler mentality and knowing that you want to do something and and then just figuring out the best way to do it. Um, for me. Moving to Texas was a culmination of a lot of different things that I was going through at that time in life and just wanting a transition and change of space from New York. And then, um, yeah, the backstory of that, that's another episode. That's another another time. But um, when I decided that I was going to move here, I'm, I'm, I'm a planner. To a certain extent, I, I I am spontaneous, but I do like to have a plan in place, like the skeleton, and then I could be spontaneous about how I'm gonna flesh it out, right? So I uh, came to visit summer of 2016 and like scout the state, right, and decide if it was gonna be a good fit for me and what I was gonna do and how I was going to be able to facilitate income and where I was gonna live, blah blah blah, and The studios that I worked at in New York at the time, I was also a W two worker, like you were saying, at those studios. So I gave them essentially a year's notice. I was like, "Yeah, I went to Texas this summer, and I'm gonna be moving next summer. So just prepare that I'm gonna be moving." But like you said, I never burn bridges because you never know. And so because I think I gave them 
advance notice, mm-hmm. like super advance notice, and I explained to them how I'm trying to transition and the things that I'm trying to do. And there were just more teaching opportunities in Texas, and that's kind of what I wanted to start focusing on. Like when I was in New York, I was teaching, but New York is an expensive city to live in, and um, I have expensive tastes. So, I, <laughs> but I, in order to live the lifestyle I wanted to live, that mean that means I had to work multiple jobs to be able to facilitate that, right? right. And I was like, the only reason I don't have what I want is because of me. So in, if I want something, I have to grind for it. So I had multiple jobs. I was working as a teacher in middle schools and private dance studios. I was also club promoting with a friend of mine. I, I was doing a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. And I was also dancing two different companies and performing a lot. But the wear and tear, it's very tiring and draining. And I was like, I want to focus on teaching and choreographing. Not that I don't like performing, but it's a different satisfaction I get when I'm teaching versus when I'm performing, like you were saying, with the home plate. Like, yeah. And I got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm teaching and I see my students connecting and they're processing the information that I'm giving them and they're like taking my choreography and turning it into a dance, that is gratifying for me more so than me being on stage and whatever. I mean, that is satisfying too, but in a different way. And so I was like, I want to be able to put more of that back into what I'm doing with my artistry, especially because I know how I learned as a dancer growing up and different teachers and teachings that I responded to. I wanted to be able to be the type of teacher that I always wanted when I was, you know, learning my craft. So I think the opportunity for me to do that was greater out here because in New York, I think people are hyper-focused on making it, so to speak. Like, everybody's like, well, I just want to be famous. I'm going to try to pop. And that's great. But I don't think I, I, I was not in that headspace. And I was like, I don't feel like I'm fulfilling all I want to fulfill as a teacher because my students are just trying, they're like, trying to get and go into the next. They weren't like in it for the process of like learning and growing. They were like, let me learn this. I'm gonna go on and I want my 15 minutes right now. I'm like, yeah, but you gotta put in those 15 hours before you get that 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So when I came here, I realized that there was more of a subculture in the teaching aspect to grow and foster those the talents in those kids. And so that's what I wanted to be a part of. So I came here and in summer 2016 and I scattered around and I had friends from college that lived here and they put me in touch with different dance studios and stuff. And I was like, I'm from New York. I'm moving next year. This is what I can do. This is what I won't do. And I think that's important too, like mm-hmm. understanding up front what you will and won't do and making sure you let people know that. And I think because I, I mean, I know I'm a, a big ball of energy, but I was also very direct in my approach. And so people yeah. was like, well, who the hell is this guy? And I was like, yeah, welcome. See you next year. And so I, when I finally moved, I think because I had that hustler's mentality and like knowing what I wanted to do, I was able to establish myself pretty quickly. And a lot of people are always surprised by that. Like, you only been here this long, you doing this, this, and this, and this. I'm like, yeah, and for me, it doesn't, see, I always feel like oh, I'm, not, I'm not even doing that much compared right. to all the things I was doing in New York to maintain the lifestyle I wanted. Um, it's, but 
along the lines of what you guys were saying earlier, it's just about careful planning, knowing what you want, putting in that hard work, and then surrounding yourself with like-minded people who are about tackling and achieving their goals. And I think that's been awesome. And at the time when I moved here, that's when I met you guys. Mm -hmm. Before you fully transitioned into your own shop, I moved here and then I came into the shop that you guys used to work at to get a haircut. And it was right around the time you guys were about to start transitioning. And so I felt the kindred hustlers <laughs> mentality. And I was like, I need to be around people like that because they're going to push me, they're going to motivate me. And here we are four years later and thriving and doing Revolve podcasts and yep. tackling our dreams, man. Mm-hmm. Moving forward. Keep it going. Because you get the momentum you don't even really feel, mm-hmm. you know? How That's why we always, it? like, when people always ask, like, you know, how did you do it or what did you do or did you have everything in place? No, I actually didn't know what nope. I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's just taking the first step because I think with that, it's like, when once you take the first step, you're too invested. Like, yeah. there is no other way. Yeah. You got to mm-hmm. make it work. Make it you know work, what I'm saying? Going. And like what I tell people, too. My back's to the wall. There's only one way I'm going, mm-hmm. and that's through. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Hey, so when you get to, and you know, there's always going to be steps that you don't know what, you know, you have to do certain things to move forward, and you don't know what it is. But like you said, you got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Pressure is good. I didn't know, and I had to learn. I made, I looked online, I did research, I talked to people, I figured it out, and made mistakes, corrected them, and met, and then move forward. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, yeah, you know, today we want to just talk to you about how we started a little bit on the business side more focuses that which we will do more episodes of more in depth of how it, important it is to know mm-hmm. how to um basically structure a business and how to maintain it and keep going on a monthly quarterly and yearly basis yeah but you know for now for today though we hope you like the, the little bit of our story and kind of how we started that and uh, we hope to bring you more information about business re- business related topics Boom. So thank you guys for rocking with us. It's been our episode. This is Revolve Podcast. I'm Amir. I'm Tui. And I'm Argenis. That R again. (laughs) We'll catch you guys next time. Peace.